all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And I'm Trav. And we are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome back to our Thursday show, Thursdays, where we discuss the oeuvre of a one Oscar bridesmaid and nowhere of cinema, Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? This week, we are watching Italian-American, one word, a delightful home movie of Marty and his parents talking about the Italian-American immigrant experience. And is this everybody's first time seeing this? Oh, yeah. It is. Yes, it is for me as well. Well. Now, how'd you hear about this? Uh, well, I heard about it because I own the uh, Criterion Collection Scor- Scorsese shorts. Okay. How long have you there. had that? Uh, Came out last like year, didn't months. it? Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. It's new. It's new, new. Yeah, it's fairly new. Okay. Um, I was trying to find it on my shelf. This is the problem with putting things in spine orders that I can oh. <laughs> never find. I, I thought you were about to say this, the thing with putting things away. I can't find them. Yeah. Like, I that, that. that too. <laughs> when it's where, where it belongs, it doesn't, it doesn't stand out. Yeah, it's spine number 1,030. So. Mm. Nice. Um, so the spine doesn't say Scorsese shorts? It does. Oh, okay. But uh, all wherever my camera is, all right. Scorsese, or Scorsese, all criterions are spine numbered. Right. Yeah. So that's, sometimes they post uh, pictures of random uh, celebrities or filmmakers or actors or something coming into the Criterion studios and got, walking into the library and they got all the spines. Pick out what you want, folks. All the spines. All the spines. Dream of mine to be in that closet. Mm. That we'll closet. We'll yeah. get in that closet together. <laughs> speaking, right, of meat, uh, speaking of meatball so uh, I don't have an Oscar breakdown for this because it wasn't right. nominated for anything but uh how was this released I don't know you know because I mean we watched it on YouTube for free so I feel like nobody owns the there's obviously no distribution rights or anything to this and Scorsese right. clearly doesn't give a shit you know or you know YouTube would have taken that down so yeah, and I I think he got some public funds for it, so it goes out into the uh, it goes out into the public domain almost immediately. And yeah, uh, what did it say? Uh, I'll bring okay. up the end credits here, and I'll read that while you guys. So you then can, there we go. Yeah. Are you I gonna like read that. out the entire uh, sauce uh, sauce recipe? <laughs> no, but I was really excited that that's on there because I'm I'm sure tons of people who have seen this and are like, oh, I'm gonna make the recipe because I'm a Scorsese nerd. And but okay, it has been made possible by a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities to the National Communications Foundation. So yeah, it's now how how did he need funding for this? I mean, he shot it, <laughs> he put it together. I mean, it's the seventies; film's not cheap. He shot okay. it. In, he shot it okay. in color too, so that's also you know, more expensive. I didn't think about that because I'm just thinking. Grab a digital camcorder and hit go. You know what I mean? So I'm not thinking about maybe all the other things he had to come out of pocket for. Yeah. I mean, you know, besides time, digital camcorders being used for stuff like this doesn't Uh really take off until pretty much the invent of YouTube. And Mm -hmm. that's 2006. We've got 40 years to go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, he's got some street shots there too and um, some interesting. New York scenery and um, yeah, yeah, you know the editing and stuff. So yeah, 
and he's got a full crew working on it too so they gotta get paid <laughs> which is wild because it's like what did he really need a crew for it's a one still shot of he brought them over to have dinner so his mom could yell at him well, not <laughs> yell at him but like is he still Bro. filming is he still filming over there dude what's it called it's the classic um his parents are like uh ray romano's parents and everybody loves raymond <laughs> They're just bickering at each other, but it's like they they got so much love between each other. Yeah. And uh yeah, his mom is a treasure, dude. Oh, Catherine Scorsese is the the most marvelous human being. Yeah. I um you know, watching this, obviously it's not a film per se, and we're not we're not looking at a story being told. We're listening to stories real stories being told, and it kind of makes me want to sit down and document my parents in some sort of way but i don't know that they they wouldn't be natural storytellers like this not no offense to them but you know they they have they have the penchant for it and you can see where well his dad wasn't at least not at first yeah yeah he, and, uh, he warms up and he, he gives yeah, some yeah. some good stuff later on later on yeah, yeah. A, a lot of the stuff when he's kind of by himself mm-hmm. and then you know when they're arguing you get some good stuff out of them, you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, at first, it's really uncomfortable for him, I guess. Yeah. I like how, um, you know, he shows, he keeps in the part where, like, he gets there, and she's like, well, what are we going to talk about? You going to ask me questions? And, and Oh, yeah. Huh? Like, showing, um, <laughs> like, like, she was sort of not sure about it, but then as soon as, like, the camera's on and she's got her stories to tell, it's showtime. Yeah, I, I love when he's like, you know, I right, let's talk about the sauce or whatever. And then she's she's just like, well, well what about the sauce? What do I talk about the sauce and stuff like that? And it's like, bro, just talk about the damn sauce. Like, that's it. Just, all you got to do is talk about the sauce. Uh, you probably told dozens of people about that sauce over your lifetime. Just do yeah. that. Oh, man. But yeah, no, it was a nice little treat to watch. It's cool to see. Um... New York in the 70s where, and maybe New York's still like this. I don't know shit about New York, but how they're kind of split up by like, this is the Italians predominantly are in this area and the Irish are predominantly in this area. And, you know, Asians are in this area predominantly and stuff. Yeah. And it's cool to see, you know. Some little communities. I mean, and- yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, that's where they came over here and they went to New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. You don't have a lot of money. You just kind of stay where you land. And a lot of people just landed in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's also crazy, too, when she's talking about, um, you know, her mom in that situation and the aunt coming over. So there's like 19 people in this this two bedroom or one bedroom house, you know, and everybody's sleeping in the living room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, wild. I don't even know if you're allowed to do that nowadays. Good question. You know, I feel like CPS would be called <laughs> and they would take your kids from you. You know what I mean? doesn't make it right by any stretch. I just mean, it seems like when you hear about these stories back in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you would be real packed in and it was fine. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't like birth control was a big thing. So if you just couldn't keep your hands off each other, you had 19 kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Um, do have to give a shout out to the plastic covering on the couch. You know, <laughs> I, I, I saw that it's like everybody had that. I guess 
you know, can't be getting the dust out of the couch. Yep. How it goes. Your child with Oscar nominated films under his belt. You still got plastic on your couch. <laughs> Marty can buy a new one, Catherine. You know what? And I, w- I mean, I thought about it the whole time. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's still plastic on that couch. It looks like it. <laughs> and I, I'll never understand the thought process of buying a couch to be comfortable to sit on, but never being comfortable sitting on it because I have this insanely hard plastic on it. <laughs> it seems like it'd just be hot too. I don't know. And loud. And sticky. Yeah. Just no, thank you. Hey, I don't even like sitting on leather couches. Yeah. No. Not absolutely not around here. No. Yeah. Get a real fucking couch. Yeah. <laughs> no, leather leather anything's the worst, bro, in my opinion. Yeah. For the sure. only thing worse than leather is pleather. <laughs> no. But um okay. I feel like there's really not a whole lot to talk about with this film. Yeah, I, are I, are we ranking we're not ranking this film. No, we right? won't be ranking with, this one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I yeah, there's pretty simple. Marty goes to dinner, brings a film crew. <laughs> we get a lot of really good stories though. I I, I really enjoyed his parents. Yeah. I had a good time listening to him and their anecdotes were all charming and mm-hmm. fun to listen to. Yeah. And like I said, it, it's the kind of thing like where I'm sure even right now, if Martin Scorsese's sitting in his bed and he's like, Oh, I miss my parents. He can just, <laughs> he can go on YouTube and look <laughs> at a 45 minute documentary about his family history. And it's true. And that like that hits a little special, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a lot of, cinematic quality to talk about i mean there's some cool like i said there's street scenes that they edit in and i think there's a um criterion bonus have you watched any of the bonuses Uh, i I watched some of his interviews with uh for some of the other shorts we did i don't know if i watched the one that you're about to talk about the the ari aster and uh yeah I, i haven't watched that one yet there's a little clip I watched a little bit of on YouTube and he was just talking about some of the um, montages and the wedding shots and how um, it reminded him of something in Raging Bull and, mm. and how maybe if he hadn't done this, that he wouldn't have had some of the touches that he put on Raging Bull or even Goodfellas or things with mm. some of the I like family that. stuff. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So I definitely, um, you know, if you're listening and, and check it out, it's 40, 49 minutes and, more than anything, it's just it helps make uh, this journey through his movies feel a little more personal. Mm-hmm. And he had the the typical seventies facial hair. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> that helps. Which I, I think he rocks all the way up to the, like the mid nineties. Really? Yeah, yeah. We're so used to seeing him clean shaven now, but mm-hmm. and old because <laughs> he's in the seventies now, right? Late seventies, yeah. You know what I mean. So he he, he's what in his twenties in this documentary? Thirties? He's in his his thirties, I think. Let's see. Yeah, Yeah, I think about mid thirties because I think he's He's born born in forty two. So he would have been thirty. Well, thirty two then. Okay. Yeah, he's seventy eight now. Yeah. Okay. So he's dude. He's your age. Yeah, he's my age. When you know, I'm looking at him in this documentary, and oh god. We were, we were watching One Flew to the Cuckoo's Nest, and Jack Nicholson is my wife's age in that movie. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> because well, Jack Nicholson's what eighty four. 
Yeah, something like that. I mean, he's been retired for 12 years, right? His last movie was... Uh, like 2010, so yeah. About the one 11, with Morgan 12. Freeman, right? Bucket uh, list or no. whatever? See, uh, no, uh, his last film was a... Um, I can never remember the name of it because it has a really stupid name, but it's got Owen Wilson in it. It was, I think, written and directed by uh, James L. Brooks, um, who he is a frequent collaborator with. Mm. It's like, what would you do or something like that? It's got a really dumb title. What would you do? Yeah. It, how do you know? How do you know? There it is. Oh, okay. I've never that heard came of it. Out, yeah, that came out in like 2010. Yeah, because it... Yeah it just kind of silently came out and disappeared because I didn't even know about it till years later when I just happened to be on Jack Nicholson's IMDb. I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh dude, not only that, it's a James Brooks movie. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, James hell Brooks. So there you go. <laughs> Motherfucking James. But yeah, no, this was a, I personally think it was a tad bit too lengthy for me, but, um, you know, that's just me. Uh, but I didn't hate it. You know, it was enjoyable. I laughed, you know, I loved the mom and I, yeah. you know, I like mm-hmm. the stories just, you know, ten, a little 10, 15 minutes, a little too lengthy for me. Yeah, I, I got lost in the stories and I, I didn't even realize what the runtime was until it, it ended. And I enjoyed it. You know, watching his dad, um, talk you know i think about um how we talked on mean streets apparently some of that was influenced uh from his uncle's life but you can see a lot of the mannerisms in his dad in uh some of harvey Keitel's early performances in his movies Mm -hmm. um so you know i don't want to say that they like fit some of the italian-american stereotypes but i mean they've become stereotypes because of of the way that um martin's parents talked and stuff but you know his hand movements and in his Kind of how he gets more New York when he's like really getting into the story and stuff. So. Now, stereotypes exist for a reason, bro. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between ignorant stereotypes where they have like some sort of racial negativity behind it, right? And then just like regular ass stereotypes. And this is immigrant families have stereotypes, and they're 100 percent accurate, dude. I mean, you hear it all the time in stand up when they talk about their immigrant mom or dad or whatever, Mm -hmm. they all kind of got the same stories. So, I mean, these things exist for a reason. And I was looking at the comment section on the YouTube video, and it's like, you know, Italian immigrant children, like, yeah, mom was the boss. Dad thought he was in charge, but, (laughs) you know, I'm talking about family traditions and things. Bro, dude, she roasted this man, and it it was, like, so fast that, like, nobody said anything. But they were talking about the chair that he sits in. And they were talking about how this dude comes home, eats, and just sits in the chair. <laughs> and man, what was the line she said? She said, yeah, you've wore that thing out or something like that. Like some typical old people jab at, yeah. you know, their significant other. And I was like, bro, she just burned his ass and nobody said nothing about it. <laughs> 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 it's so par for the course. They just move on with their life. Oh, Lord. Well, dude, that's how my grandparents are. Like, they just, uh, you know, my my grandpa's always saying something rude to my grandma. You know, she'll tell him to hush, you know, don't be rude or something, you know, so. Yeah. I, Old people, man. 
I, I didn't really get it when I was um, a kid. I, I always thought my grandpa was really mean. Sometimes he was, like, without point. But, you know, looking back, I could see a lot of the bickering was playful. And, you know, my grandma was maybe smiling at the side and, you know, kicking right. ass and sort of shit. It's like, or, or she just hated him. One of the two. <laughs> hmm. I'll tell you what, I don't think he was rocking t-shirts with her face on it. Let me tell you that. No, but no. You know, I've, I've got some sweet stories. I'll, I'll not necessarily share on this podcast, but there we go. Too inappropriate for this pod. No, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They're just handle. telling you these raunchy <laughs> teenage stories. <laughs> <laughs> We used to park over there and uh. no, all, all wholesome. I, I promise you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All right. all right. How about we get into some worsty judgment? And I got to ask Trav. What's up? Is this the worst thing Scorsese has directed? No, not at all. I still think, uh, who's that knocking at my door? It's a pile of shit. So I know that homeboy was trying to say that Boxcar Bertha was, but uh, I like Boxcar Bertha. I thought it was a good film. It wasn't a great film. It was a good film. That was solid. Yeah, solid. It was a good one. A solid film. Zach, is this Scorsese's worst thing he directed? No. It, it's got heart. It's got love because it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, beyond a document of his personal family, I think there's some there is some useful uh, New York imagery and just general talk about the immigrant experience that um, it's not scripted. It's not you know, a documentary that's showing you like pictures with a narrator or something. It's just real. And right. I think that's cool. You know, I know you like you said, this is not going in our official rankings, but I still who's that knocking at? No, no. If we were talking about the, the short, short stories, it'd be who's uh, um, Murray, or I think, or yeah. I uh, didn't. What's, even a, th- what's a girl no, like no, you doing a gr- in a place like this? Yeah, what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? That'd be its worst. But ranking overall films, I'm still going. Who's that knocking at my door? Just a hair below Boxcar Bertha. Yeah, I didn't even think about the shorts. Dude. This is better than any shorts that I saw. So, yeah. did you see the big shave? I did not. Oh, check out the big shave. Uh, dude, I heard your description of it, and I'm good. I know that you kind of... <laughs> you got your rocks off to it, but, you know. Sure did. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, and I'll go ahead and ask myself, is this the worst? No, it's not the worst. This is, this is cute, and it's charming. And it's just a couple, uh, of, couple of old parents sitting around reliving the glory days. and Crinkling like on their plastic couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I, I want to know what asshole sees this and goes, turn this pile of shit off. You know? <laughs> yeah, I I, un, I honestly couldn't see anybody not just being taken and charmed by this. Absolutely. It's so good. Yeah, you got to be a, a special kind of asshole. That's for sure. All right, Trav, where can people find you on the social medias? Hey, that's right. I am officially now, thanks to you guys, on Letterboxd. You can find me on Letterboxd at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K. You can find me on the Instagram at Z-K Audio. And you can find me on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K. Zach? You can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, and Letterboxd. You can search me by name. Paul? 
You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watched. And this week I watched uh, Escape Room, Tournament of Champions, which I thought was a delight. Uh, and I am at Father of the Fear across all platforms. Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching Taxi Driver, which you can find on Amazon. Well, you can rent on Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, or Vudu. Um, I'm surprised it's not available more places. I have to bust yep. out the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll be doing. Mm-hmm. All right. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leslie Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song, we would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscarwisky Pod and on Facebook at the Oscarwisky Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty rhythm of Al Gore. All right, now that's enough of that for today, Marty. <laughs> for Trav, Zach, and the wonderful Catherine Scorsese, I would like for you all to have a damn fine day.